Today on The Breakdown, we thought we'd take a moment and encourage you all to go green. Wood, as in Sam Greenwood. That's right. I just tricked y'all. Sam Greenwood is in this hand that we're doing, and it's from a $50,000 buy-in six max event from the Triton High Roller Series. You know how that goes. There's only 22 players in this, but one of the things that makes this hand extra special is Sam is heads up against sort of the crusher of online crushers, Linus Love. And he's bringing a type of poker and a solver perfect style, I believe, to his game that a lot of these guys really haven't seen. They're so used to playing super exploitatively and all these things. And Linus Love is making all these guys' life super tough. How is Sam going to do with this spot and this hand against this opponent? We're going to get into it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey, that's how I feel like that's what people do when he's walking down the street. You know, he's like tipping his fedora to people and they're like, hey, this is Sam Greenwood. You have a baguette for free. Have some coffee. Sit down at the cafe. I don't know what you're doing now. Some guy in Europe. I don't know. Is that is that bad? <laughs> no, I cross the line. I think we're okay. No, no I just uh, I don't even know what accent that oh, was. Oh, it's not supposed to be any one accent. I'm trying to. It's just like, cover everyone, <laughs> cover the whole world at once. That's like that's a, a melding of accents. Ah, okay. So you can't pin me down, bro. That's really impressive. But Sam Greenwood can't pin down Linus Love either, and that's the whole point. Yeah. So Linus Love is a. Uh, that's his online name. His actual name is Linus either Lolager or Lolager. We couldn't find any examples of anybody pronouncing his name. No one's trying. They're all calling him Linus Love. Yeah. So we decided, why should we try? Why should we put in more effort? Also, we just don't want to get his name wrong. So He's just the, uh, late, the latest in a 15-year line or so of online sensations making the transition to live poker. That sounds about right. Yeah. To give you guys a sense of when we say sensation. So in 2018, he had over $800,000 in profit um, playing Hold'em and Omaha online, just cash games. He also won the 25K Super High Roller W Coop event for another... 500k uh he had a monster year but he's been having monster years and he is he is the real deal i think just from uh, watching a few hands of his even like he's not scared of anything he seems to understand what's going on it's pretty cool to watch yeah it's cool to see the online guys transfer quick without thinking about it too much okay biggest deal ever online sensation poker sensation of victor blom yeah absolutely isolder yeah, got to be. Part of it was the secrecy. He kept his identity a secret it's for a like a it. year or something. But also just the also massive, the massive, massive, massive stakes, massive swings that he was doing. And everybody was like, who the fuck is this guy? I mean, he would win and lose like $4 million in a session. Yeah. I mean, no, that was just not really happening before that right. with any regularity. He would do it all the time. Yeah. It's crazy. It was absolutely insane. And where is Victor Blom now? I ask you. Well, we did a breakdown on him about a year and a half ago when he was heads up for one of the Party Poker oh, yeah. Millions titles. So he's still still alive and kicking. I think we thought he played that hand well, too. Yeah, we thought we played it great, actually. Yeah, not not like a absolute bananas, insane, insane person. Because we did another hand of his many years ago. Yeah. He, we thought he, we, the he World played it Poker bad. Europe. Against yeah. some, like, old dude. Where it's like, come on, Victor, what are you doing? Well, I think there's... <laughs> I, I think it's, it's clear that Victor Blom has some very high-level poker thought and, oh, yeah. and quality poker skill. I think he was also very spewy at the time. I also think that King Deuce hand that you're referring to, which was probably when he was like 20 
Yeah. Um, back when he was just crushing online or, or taking these $4 million swings, he was in a 10 K event playing live. He was probably bored out of his pants. Right. Exactly. He was just He's like, like what whatever, even, fuck it. I'm just going to do stuff. Yeah. And like, like if it works, it works. I'm going to take every spot and I'm going to invent new spots to take. Cause yeah. who cares? Right. Yeah, I, imagine, I have a king. It blocks ace king. Let's go. Yeah. I imagine he would believe that that was a bad play, but he was yeah. just like spewing like you or I wouldn't a $30 tournament. Right. If we bought it, we're like, hey, you know what? I didn't actually want to be here. Yeah. And you're like, you know what? And you're like, well, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to play really high variance. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can push these guys around and let's find out if, yeah. we, if we go home soon or not. Either way is fine. And you're like, eh, I see you raise me, but do you really want to play? Let's find out. Yeah. yeah. That type of thing is not going to be happening to Linus Love here because no. Jonathan mentioned some impressive numbers for what he won in 2018, but that doesn't mean he's going to punt on a 55K euro buy-in. He's cert- that's no. certainly a huge buy-in for him. I think so. Also, this is like his real introduction for, uh, to a lot, of, a lot of people are learning about him for either the first time or near the beginning. Obviously, he's been on some of these other uh, shows, but not very much. Um, So I think he seems to be taking it very seriously, which is great. I mean, 55K, he should be. I mean, he only only won like a million dollars in 2018. It isn't like... I mean, 55K is is still a healthy chunk of that. I mean, Bryn Genny would do the math and be like, well, I should spend about $140 on... $140,000 $140,000 on whiskey. And then yeah, the rest, guy. the rest is on, you know, a 750 K buy-in Linus love 24 years old, by the way, and looks it. Wow. Does he look young? I He's mean, like, he, when looks, I first he looks like a 24. He looks like you when I first met you. Yeah. When I was 24. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those 24 year olds tend to look 24. Well, although some of them don't, our friend Mitchell Towner, when he was 24, did not look 24. What do you look like? Like, Ben you Affleck, know, forty, <laughs> which forty-year-old Ben Affleck. He still looks forty. He's gonna look forty when he's eighty. It's he doesn't. For, he doesn't look like Ben Affleck anyway. Still he doesn't. Some that. people think that, but I mean, lot, Jamie Kerstetter thought it. Anyway, but anyway, <laughs> this is a, a hand that is suggested by Stephen Tixay. Yeah, Stephen suggested it on Twitter. He included a YouTube link and he told us what time it was at. You could also timestamp it, which is a right click and say embed at current time. But whatever, telling us what time it is is fine as well. We are the Poker Guys on Twitter. If you want to tweet at us, please include a YouTube link and a timestamp. And I'm about to do what you wanted to do, Jonathan. I'm going to do it. Oh, go for it. So, Stephen, I'm going to say to you, Stephen, fuck you. <laughs> we'll start with that. Not nice. because you suggested the hand. No, I appreciate we like the that. suggestion. That was fantastic job. But I don't appreciate what he said while suggesting it. Go he said, ahead. I want to Read hear it. you scrupulously avoid analyzing this hand for 45 minutes and be confused for five. Yeah. He's saying we're not on the level. We can't handle it. Well, that's different than being on the level, but uh, well, yeah, on know. the level is like telling the truth. <laughs> okay. He's saying we're not on the level of oh, an- analysis right. to be able to analyze oh, the hand. That is that is correctly. And that's said. why I said to Stephen Tixay, fuck you. Yeah. You think Stephen? Even if Stephen Tixay went on the greatest suggesting <laughs> run of all time, Mount Rushmore is off limits, buddy. Forget, forget Mount Rushmore. You're like Pete Rose, buddy. You're banned from yeah. the Hall of Fame. How dare you? <laughs> you can do whatever you want. You can be the all-time suggester king. You're never getting in as long as I'm alive. Of course, if you keep suggesting, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I pr- appreciate you your suggestions, and I appreciate, appreciate you listening, and we love you. Yeah, we do, of course. And we actually but love also, the, we also, love, I like the taunting. But honestly. also, how about, you know what? How about you, <laughs> you just go shove it? How about that also? Yeah. How about you just take, take that meatball and shove it straight up your nose hole? Wow. And shut the hell up forever, Stephen Tixay. That's what I say to you. That did just happen. Yeah. You just said those Sometimes things. I get flustered, and the things I say don't make mm. much sense. Yeah. That's okay, though. Gorilla banana egg. All right. So moving on. Hey, I'm um, speaking of reading tweets. I'm going to read a tweet or two. I can't quickly. wait. Mark Testart, Mount Rushmore. Oh, for sure. His face is now on Mount Rushmore. Well, or like Mount Rushmore. 
trying Meet to rich, trying to make it so Australians <laughs> understand. <laughs> now they get even it, even though there's no Mount Rushmore in Australia. I mean, but there is one in the world, and they can look it up. Um, so he tweeted at us three days ago. Uh, by the way, he's at Lawyer Test Art. He's a lawyer? I never imagined that. Wow, your observation skills are minimal <laughs> at best. He's a lawyer? With that name, Mark Test Art? There's no way he's years. a lawyer. For years I've known that. Maybe he's not a lawyer and he's just at Lawyer Test Well, I, all, that's actually all I know is that he's at Lawyer By Test the way, Art. that's a hell of a good Twitter handle if you're a lawyer. Um, he it, says, doesn't seem that, it doesn't seem that impressive. Yeah. It's just his profession and then his name. Wow, is that so good? <laughs> <laughs> Missed the opportunity. Easily, easily Easy to remember, though, but I guess you don't need that anymore. Missed opportunity, he tweets. Richard Kimball, the suggester's namesake, because I think the suggester was James Kimball, maybe, ah. um, was the fugitive falsely accused of murder, just like Jay might be, Jay is Jonathan, with all his, quote, arm garden fantasies and whatnot. And if you know what we're talking about, well very recently on a podcast, I somehow started talking about, oh, how rich J.K. Rowling was. She was so rich that she literally had a garden full of people's limbs in them that someone tended. Yeah, that, so yeah, that makes, and which makes total sense, by the way. There's yeah. no need to unpack or analyze <laughs> that. That is a thing that anybody would say at any time. It's a normal thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that happened. And Dylan Reek, I don't know. Sorry if I'm misspelling your name. I'm miss, miss saying your name, Dylan. Um, his Twitter handle is at strings and chips. So that's pretty great. Nice job. String cheese and potato chips. Perhaps blitz and chips. Maybe a little reference. Yeah. He says this morning, I want to play Ron this morning. As I gazed out across my limb garden, <laughs> the tight fist of a recent victim frozen above the soil. Jonathan came along and gave me a patsy on whom to blame my dark horticulture. I took another bite of my croissant and laughed. That's, da, a, da, da. That's, a, that's an excellent tweet. That's top, top tweet. He combined two poker guys things, including the croissant English muffin debate, and even knew that you were the guy who hated croissants or yep. didn't hate, but like chose English muffins over. Oh, no, he's a real listener for sure. This guy's legit. this guy knows what he's doing, and he's way better than Stephen Tick's head. Almost everything. I'm he sure. wrote dark horticulture. Yeah, that's a good phrase. Dude, are you a writer? Strings and chips more like books and chips. I think dark horticulture is a great just name for a book or TV series Absolutely. or my bedroom or something. What? <laughs> got weird. Got real weird. Oh, yeah. You never make a weird Mr. Limb Garden. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't saying I wanted a limb garden. I was just saying some people could be rich enough and to have one. If you were rich enough, <laughs> would you have one? Well, I mean, would I have a movie studio? I don't know. Would I have a limb garden? I don't know. It's and all, you it's can't, all you can't say until you're there. It's might, easy to say you wouldn't have one now. Might, might have a Tesla, might have a limb garden. <laughs> you're, like, well, you're like driving down the street. Well, you're not driving. Obviously, your driver is driving, and you're in the back yeah. of your car, whatever it may be. And you see a guy with arms, and you're like, you know what? Those would look good. <laughs> I could see. I got a real place for them in the, in the backyard. <laughs> Just the arms, though. <laughs> Go get them. And you order your men, and they take the arms. Here's my question for the you. The guy is compensated. I have a question for you and for Dylan. Okay. Are these limbs expected to grow? <laughs> that's an interesting horticulture question. implies that yeah. there's some level of maintenance and, yeah. and like, oh there's maintenance there's an expectation that perhaps this maintenance will result in some version of of your limbs growing or something well, or producing some sort of i mean nectar thing, maybe thing, a nectar thing, <laughs> <laughs> things are certainly produced and there is growth but i don't know if the arms themselves are growing i think there's growth around the arms they're just part of the uh you know part of the the big tapestry that is my garden <laughs> The the delightful flora and fauna of my garden. They are more of the fauna <laughs> rather than the flora. But I'm trying to turn them into flora. You see. 
Anyway, just a thing we're talking about this here on a, a normal poker thing. <laughs> this is about this is about poker. We're gonna talk about poker on this podcast. So let's let's do that. Okay. All right. So Stephen Tixay, the bastard, suggested this hand. Of course, great job, Stephen. Yeah, you did great. We still like you, even let's, though I'm gonna make fun of you forever. Let's talk about this hand. Though. All right. As we stated earlier, it's very early on in this event. There's 19 of 22 players remaining. Probably two to three players get paid. Right. So it's like you know. Just a bunch of elite guys hoping that the six businessmen are going to dump all their money and then they get to chop it up. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and it's a six max, which isn't going to really matter because it opens on the button. So it's a three max no matter what when it opens on the button. Clever. That's how it works. 500K, 1K with a 1K big blind Annie. It is Montenegro, by the way, which makes it so that all of the chips are probably made of gold. That's pretty nice. Mm. Sam Greenwood's got 183K. He is on the button. And he's going to open the Jack Eight of Diamonds to two and a half K. Any problems with that? You got a huge problem with that? I think you have a huge problem with that. I don't. Why would I have a huge problem? With I'm that? kidding. Of course you don't. Jeez, it's embarrassing. All right, Linus Love. I'm not going to try to say his last name. Do it, Loliger. That's wrong. Loliger. Just call him Linus Love. Why are you saying it like that? What do you mean, Linus Love? <laughs> <laughs> I was just making my point strongly, and I did a good job. But you've been saying it the whole podcast. You've been saying it like it's one word. I just love. Yeah. And yeah, it is. It's one word. It is one word. But you're saying it it's like it's online a particular handle. way. What like do you want to say? Linus love. What do you want to say? Linus love? Who says that? Linus love. No, Linus I want you to say love. it in a completely <laughs> monotone. There, I don't want Linus that be, love. That's better. Thank you. Okay. We're talking about the internet here. Robots and shit. Right. All right. Jacket of diamonds for Greenwood. He opens. Linus love in the big one has six deuce of clubs. He's also got about 180K. He defends. So we're nice and deep here. Yeah, with six dudes of club seems fine. There's a there's a big blind Annie, etc. Yeah, you can't can't have any problem with this. Seventy five hundred in the pot. The flop. Nine of diamonds, three of diamonds, nine of spades. Great flop for Greenwood. He flops flush drop. That is a great flop for Greenwood. I Why? mean, it's a pretty good flop for Greenwood. It's above expectation. Yes, it is. Linus checks. Yeah. Greenwood checks. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. What do you think about Greenwood checking back with the jack high flush draw? He doesn't even have really much showdown value. I mostly like it. Uh, I think on this kind of a board against this kind of a player, Sam knows that when he bets this board, a 9-9 deuce board. 9-9-3. 9-9-3, excuse me. Uh, Linus has probably a lot more raises than a lot of like weaker players do. Like The so big blind should know that they can check raise this board with almost impunity. I mean... And, and it's a really tough spot. You just put the button in a terrible spot most of the time. Greenwood could three bet. Of course he could, but now he's opening himself up to all this other stuff. And you can do that once in a while, but you can't, you can't bet this. You can't see bet this board with the intention of three betting a lot. I think you're going to get destroyed. Yeah. So mostly I think it's fine to check this because this is a board he would check a lot, right? Anyway, so and this, it's, it brings the added benefit of if he hits a diamond, it's harder to put him on diamonds, which is kind of cool. I, I like it. I think I think it's probably optimal to check here. Do you think Linus actually has more nines in his range than Greenwood? He might have just a few more nines, but not many. Yeah. So not Greenwood many. could easily wrap nines here. He could. He could. But, uh, you know, he could wrap nines, but he's probably going to just check this board a lot, period, right, with, his, with almost all, his whole range is my guess, and maybe bet the very strongest and the very weakest stuff, and that's it. This is somewhere in between. This is a hand that can really greatly improve. It's hard to see it coming. I, I like the check. What do you think? I think it's fine and good against good players to sometimes check and sometimes bet. I don't think you should have a 100% check or 100% bet on this board. Of course. 
Um, but, but what when you say a hundred percent and sometimes are can be define sometimes a little bit more, so we have a sense of where you're where you think the ratio should. I be. I think against a bad player, you should pretty much. 90% bet this board when you have a diamond draw or pretty much anything. How about not a diamond draw? We should just bet this yeah, board. Yeah, I agree. Against this guy? I don't know. I mean, like, the threat of a good player, the implied threat that they're going to have more check raises on boards that are scary is there. At the same point, they know you're a good player if you're Sam Greenwood, of course. So betting this board maybe looks even stronger against that player. I mean, it does the first time. But, yeah. you know, if, the, if Linus is paying attention to Sam, who's on TV a lot, who they probably know a lot of the same people, they might even talk poker. I don't know how how much he's going to think, oh, Sam just has it a lot when he bets on this board. You know? Well, right, of course. And it's hard to have it. It's, I mean, yeah. I, like, but they both have tons of nine combos in the range, but they also they both have a lot more combos that aren't nines than there so are. So many more. But Greenwood has a hand that can withstand a check raise. Like, it's not insane. I mean, like, I understand the deception factor. It's nice to be able to check on a flush draw board and have the flush sometimes when the flush comes in. It's also not crazy when you have jack high, just from simple poker perspective, to win the hand with jack high and a hand that you won't fold with a check raise. It's like such a nice combo. You can both win (laughs) and you don't have to fold to a check raise. One of the nice things about this check, I think, though, is um, a counterpoint, is that the pot is really small compared to their stacks. True. This is not a net. Like Sam doesn't need to win this pot. Like later on in this event, they may be Sam may be opening the jack eight of diamonds on the button, but only have thirty one blinds. Yeah, you know, and <clears throat> Linus might be defending with twenty five blinds or forty five blinds, where this pot suddenly feels like, as a um, in relation to their stacks, a really big deal and really important to win. Not vital, but like, and I imagine that's when they'd be taking more shots. And early on, they're gonna Sam's gonna take less shots because it's okay to lose this pot. You know, like obviously you want to win all the pots, but you're not gonna win all the pots. Sure, but the initial reason that you liked it was yeah. the deception, and, and yeah. the, the blinds don't change that. No, of course not. Right. So I mean, like, if he's gonna do it now, I imagine he's gonna do it sometimes when he has 31 blinds as well. I agree, but I'm saying it's even more ideal to do it now. Yeah. If you're gonna pick a time, like you're gonna, I think you want to take more shots when the blinds are bigger, except against the very best players. Um, because people are going to feel even more pressure to fold. Yeah. You know? But against a guy like this, it's n- that doesn't play into it as much. Right? No. But the point is, this is an inconsequential pot, ultimately, to these guys currently. Currently, so yeah. I So I think it's less important to take shots. Yeah, and I guess you get to protect your check-back range a little bit. Of course, Greenwood's going to be checking back some nines as well. He yeah. has to. I mean, I think it's possible he's checking back just a huge percentage. Do you think he's checking back complete air, like four or five offsuit-type hands? Um. I think he's checking back some of his complete air, but not all of it. I don't think he's. I don't think he has a check back range that doesn't involve a lot of folds on the turn. I think he does have folds on the turn. Yeah. Um, but so some of that's going to be his complete air, right? Right. Which is a fair point, and it's something that is easy to get lost when either watching poker on TV and just seeing highlights of hands, or listening to podcasts like ours or, or other similar podcasts, because we're always talking about hands that go to showdown or mm-hmm. or have very interesting plays in them. It's a lot of times in poker that it's okay to like not feel the need to win the pot every right. pot. You know, like you don't have to pull the Antonio Fondiari logic. I was of, just thinking of that. Of like, well, there's forty eight thousand out there. You're just you're not you're just gonna let that go. Right. You know, you can't win unless you bet. You know, the, the Mike Sexton thing of like he knows he can't win unless he bets, Vance. But like sometimes it doesn't work out, and it's not worth a bet, even though that may be true. Yeah, top notch Mike impression. Thank you. Right I there. felt. Was, yeah, I did get it. That, that was as good as it's been. I think. Yeah. Um, Can you try a Vince? Because Vince is hard. I've done Vince before. Well, well, Mike. No, I can't. Uh, he's got the. Uh, it's got to be, gra- be gravelly. Try gravelly. Well, Mike, he's got the uh, weapons Gra- of mass deeper, destruction. Deeper and more gravelly. Well, Mike, <laughs> is that it? He's <laughs> no, got the weapons no, of mass destruction. Much. Oh, he's can't turn got, it. He's got the uh, the twigs and the berries. You know, it's not I like can't him, do right? it. No, no, no. Wait, he's tough he's, to do. He 
It's because it's nondescript. But anyway, let's get back to what we're talking about, which is, yeah. And, and the thing is, like, when Antonio says that thing of, like, there's, there's all this, there's 1.7 million in the pot. You can't just leave it there. Um, that stuff works better later in the tournament. So often Antonio's doing the final table and he's talking about that, right? Yeah. And like, it's more powerful to take those bets then, to make those bets then, right? Sure. Because people are less apt to do marginal defending and are less apt to take chances, period. And so you should be going after stuff a lot more. There was that one guy from a few years ago, the year John Sinwin, who finished third. Oh, yeah. Um, Dwyer. Yeah, Michael Dwyer. Yeah. Who C-bet... A hundred percent. And someone even made a Twitter account called did Michael Dwyer see bet? And there was one tweet and it was yes, uh, because he did it every time and it worked okay. But again, but that's because he's playing against weaker players in, uh, in the most scared moment of their poker. Exactly. Life. But like against guys like Linus Love and Sam Greenwood and the Christoph Vogel things in the world, you can't see bet every time they will destroy you. Like they will absolutely kill you. They'll know your frequencies are too high. They will have many, many ways of defending against that. They're used to this. They plan for it. You cannot win. True. So, but I mean, if you're going to have candidates to see, but on this board, a, a flush draw without much showdown value is definitely one. I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I think we have worse flush draws. We could probably do it with, uh, than this. Yeah. But, but fair enough. This does not have much showdown value all the same. And we're almost never going to be able to, you know, realize jack high, even if it's good. Yeah. Which is, of course, problematic as well. That said, we do get to call the turn. We don't have to fold the turn. But so Lions Love would have to, you know, bluff us out on the river anyway. Anyway. Well, maybe we can just hit a diamond and not have to worry about that. That makes it super easy. But I, I, I think a check is fine here. I think it's, like I was saying, I, th- I do think it's optimal. But if he bet, it wouldn't be shocking to me either. Like, you know, he flopped a flush draw. It's, that's a board that misses everyone a lot. It can't be that bad. He could bet the flush draw, like you were saying, with the intention of three betting sometimes. Like, yeah. there's, there's some value in all these things. Anyway, it does go check, check. And what you should check is Amazon.com slash org.gov divided yeah. by EDU um, in order to grab yourself a copy of How Can He Fold? Incredible Poker Hands, Broken Down Decision by Decision, a book by two of my favorite authors, Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Yes. That's us. They're um, quite good. Yeah, so it's a book. We wrote it. It's a poker book. Big surprise. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. We, we spent a long time writing it. We spent a long time editing it, making sure it was nice and cherry for you people. Yeah. So you don't insult us in our grammar and all that shit. Um, anyway, we think it's actually really good. It's a fun book. It's 37 chapters. They're all bite-sized chapters, about two to five pages per chapter where we talk through hands. It's, it's in text form where we have like a text conversation about hands with beautiful graphics. We, you know, hired people to make it and it looks really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, just to just go through the hands analytically, starting with like the least complex hand and ending on the most complex hand. And we think it's really fun. We think all levels of poker players can enjoy it. You know, um, something we haven't mentioned previously on this show, talking about this book is that uh, if you're thinking, yeah, you wrote a poker book, congratulations. So did my grandma. well, uh, we showed uh, little bits of this to Car Player Magazine, and yeah. they actually liked it enough that they're going to take a few of the chapters and excerpt it and actually as articles in Card Player. Right. Um, which we weren't necessarily surprised by. We put a lot of work into this. We we thought it was kind of perfect for that. Yeah. Um, now, we have 37 chapters, so like you're not going to be able to read the whole book in Card Player or anything close No, you to that. can't steal from us by <laughs> reading gonna be impossible. Card Player. It's going to basically be physically impossible. But the point is that... Like, um, yeah, we, we really think this is the kind of book that um, no matter what your level, you know, if you're a home game hero or if you're a WSOP player just, you know, on the reg, that this is a book that's got value and fun and is, like, going to be right up your alley. There's well, humor. There but is. But there's also a lot of analysis. And- the back cover says both 
a poker book you'll actually read. True. Because we know some of you have poker books and you have not read them all. That's okay. This yeah. one you will. You will read it. It's fun. It's actually really You're going to get to the airport. You're going to be like, damn, I wish this book would never end. I mean, it's kind of true. Uh, also, the back cover says you'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll get better at poker, which we think is likely true for pretty much anyone. Two, two of three are true, I think. Yeah, yeah. You'll certainly cry and you'll certainly laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you'll probably get better at poker. I think us writing it made us better at poker because we yeah. had to really get into all the nooks and crannies of everything, of, of these hands. By the way, they're huge hands. We had a lot of fun doing it, by the way, yeah. and I think it comes through in the writing. So yeah. that should be fun for you as well. Um, we're going to put a link in the description of this podcast that goes to thepokerguys.net, which is where you can purchase the EPUB version of the book right there, or it's got a link to Amazon where you can get the paperback version. Yep. Of course, if you've already bought the book, and you've read it, please leave a review on Amazon. That just helps us out. It and makes a difference. It makes a big difference. It makes it a lot more likely that we're going to write another one of these. It's true. So if you liked it, make sure you review it because that'll increase your chances of reading more. And it is an amazing gift for any other poker-playing friends or family members that you have. Right. It's not like, here's a fucking educational novel yeah. that you have to read and like slog through exactly. and like hope to get through three pages a day. Here, this is something about poker that you'll actually enjoy and you'll learn at the same time. I mean, I feel like um, when I've gotten poker books given to me in the past, it was either a narrative that I was not interested in. Uh, my dad gave me that Holden... Uh, the, you got the same book too. Positively Fifth Street? That is not the one actually, no. but I have read that book. Also just okay. Um, the Noble Pursuit. Oh, the Noble Hustle. The Noble, hu- the Noble Hustle, right. So my dad gave me that last year for my birthday, which I have not read and heard it was okay. I read it and I forgot it. Yeah. It's okay. Um, so it's usually that or like a David Sklansky type book, Theory of Poker, uh, you know, whatever, or Matthew Janda book, like Modern Poker Theory. And it's the kind of stuff that almost no one will ever actually read, except very serious students in the game who probably already have those books. Yeah. So this is like somewhere in between where we do get into some of the technical analysis in every hand, but we're also, it's banter, it's fun, it's reacting to what's going on. It's a whole lot of everything, man, and we're really proud of it. All right, that's our spiel. Yeah, let's move on. That was a long spiel. Yeah. So one check, check on the flop with Greenwood and Linus Love, or as Jonathan says, Linus Love. Linus Love. Linus Love. Linus Love. Sam Greenwood. Uh, so nine, 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 three, two diamonds. Check, check. Greenwood with a flush draw with jacket of diamonds. Linus with nothing with six deuce of clubs until the deuce of hearts. Bow, 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 deuce of hearts. Nice. <laughs> Thanks. I didn't know you wrote a song about it, but I see you did. Was it good? It was a song. Can you give me just a, an honest assessment of yeah. how good it was? I don't want you to okay. say bad or good. I no. want to know because I, I can use that for future. It was trash. Out of how much? It was trash. Out of seven trashes, I give it seven trashes. It was absolute garbage. Oh. It was... <laughs> That's a little disheartening. It was like, you know, you know how people compost, right? Yeah. So they take all their food, they put it in this bucket. It's like if you did that and then left the bucket in your living room for like way too long, <laughs> like a solid okay. six to nine months. This is- and like then took the top off and shoved your head directly into that a big, thick bucket of like just composty, <laughs> swampy mess. You know, what, you know what I really like about, you know what I really like about your criticism? Uh, please, I'd love to know. It's that it's so constructive yeah. and <laughs> it's so applicable to me improving in the future. Like, yeah, well, here's, here's one other piece that I'm just going to throw in Okay, there. Don't be like the way you were. Uh-huh. Be like not that. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm going to take all of that. <laughs> That's my constructive. I'm going to take all of that. I'm going to put it in the blender. Yeah. I'm going to blend that up, and I'm doing that right now as we speak. Here we go. Let me try again, all right? Okay, I'm super excited. It's the deuce, the deuce of hearts. Can you believe it? It's the deuce, the deuce of hearts. Okay, well, first of all, I want to just acknowledge that you really 
heard what was said. Yeah. You really blended I it I felt up. like I went pretty opposite. You really went in a different direction, yeah. and it's exciting to see you trying to grow. So trashes? How many, <laughs> <laughs> how many trashes? This is not seven out of seven trashes. Oh, okay. It's a solid 6.7 out of seven trashes. You know what? Progress is progress. I mean, you know, one trash out of seven is really good. It's like Neil Diamond, you know? Yeah. And then there's the, the hallowed zero out of seven <laughs> trashes, which, you know, yeah. it's like a Mount Rushmore type situation. So it's like a Max let's, Sawyer situation. Let's not reach for that. Like, let's just reach for six out of seven. <laughs> maybe you can work your I, way there. All right. As, as the podcast progresses, maybe I'll learn. Yeah. That was, but that was a nice move in the right direction. Okay. I appreciate that. Yeah. You can tell you used to work with kids, right? So it's like you don't have <laughs> Super to put your whole head into the trash thing. No, I mean, no, you still do, but it's a slightly smaller bucket oh, of okay. compost. And it's only been there for like four months instead but is, of six. it's smaller, does that mean that your head gets stuck? Yes. It <laughs> 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 gets stuck there and you die. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah, because of all the bugs that go into all your right, face. All right, I'm going to try to do better than that next yeah, time. Last time you lived, but it was a worse experience for the first time. Like you would seconds. rather be dead? <laughs> all right. Moving on, it is the Deuce of Hearts on the turn, so it's now 993 Deuce with yeah. two diamonds. The heart is not going to make another flush draw or anything. Linus has paired his Deuce. He has six Deuce of Clubs, if you forgot. Sure. Should Linus bet? It's really close, I think. Um, I think it comes down to how much... This goes back to the fundamental question you and I were talking about, right? Like how much does he think Sam is actually checking reasonable hands on the flop, meaning like one pair of hands on the flop? Yeah, and of course, these guys are playing at a far different level than even the top guys five years ago were. Oh, my God, yes. But the top guys five years ago, you could put Sam Greenwood on a, a range a little bit more easily. You would expect there to be very few flush draws. You would expect that he has a lot of ace high. Yes. And you don't expect that ace high to fold. Right. You expect the ace high to call. Right? Yes, absolutely. Especially when the bet is tiny. Yeah. Um, so it's a weird spot because the question is... How did is, you know the bet was tiny? It's weird. Oh, because I knew how much he and bet. How did you know he bet? I didn't know anything. Why do you always do this? It's the deuce, the deuce of hearts. Can you believe it? <laughs> I was just thinking, singing that song in my head. You know what? I'm moving it up. Oh, yeah? 6.6 6 trashes okay. out of seven now. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, okay. Well, we don't know what Lion's Love is going to do, obviously. Obviously, nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so the question is thinking about what is Sam checking back with. If he's checking back with all his overpairs and all his ace highs, um, he still probably has significantly more ace highs than over pair, than, than pairs, right? He just does. Just combinatorially. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. good. So probably we can bet profitably here either way if we assume we're getting called by our ace highs. By the way, it's not the end of the world to shut out uh, if we bet small and yeah. fold. It's fine, too. But um, I think we can bet for value once. The problem is the river gets weird. If it goes check, check, we usually win. If it goes check, bet, then I don't really know where we are, and it gets hard. But... It's not, it's not crazy to like try and get some value when you think you can get called by a worse hand, which I would think we could. Yeah, I would think we can get called by some ace highs. But of course, Greenwood's going to have some complete air that he's just going to fold, which is fine too because all over cards are live except for a six, yep. which actually is live, actually beats us because we would have the worst kicker with the Sometimes six. Sometimes we chop, but often we lose. Yeah, yeah, often we lose with a six. So pretty much all over cards to the three are bad news for us. And yep. the three is also bad news. We might be losing to a three right now, but this way we're, we're at least controlling pot a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I mean... It's, there's some protection here for sure, especially considering that Greenwood's range isn't as face-up as five years ago it would have been. Right. Um, there's not really a lot of bluffing value here. You're not really folding out a better hand ever. Maybe on the river, if you decide you have to bluff, you can try, but... Yeah, I don't think that's the intention. It's mostly just protection. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. 
All right, so Linus is going to bet. He's going to bet very small, 2K into 7,500. I mean, it's protection and it's value, right? It's not just protection. Yeah, it's yeah also you get value. called by ace highs sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, th- I think you would expect as Linus that you're getting called by the ace highs, maybe even a few king highs, maybe. Um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, so it's more than just protection. Yeah, so he bets 2K. Great. And that is tiny. God, it's like I knew because I said a tiny It's so bet. weird how you have such omniscience. All right, Thank so you. Sam Greenwood, what should he do now with Jack 8 of Diamonds? Obviously, there's two options. Folding yeah. is out of the question. Folding would be absurd. Yes. Um, what should he do? I think mostly I like a call because the two nines on the board line is absolutely going to have trip nines. Um, we can raise because... Okay, so the case for raising is, yes, Linus has some trip nines, and yes, he might blow us off the hand sometimes, which would suck. Yeah. I don't know how often Linus is actually going to three-bet us with trip nines, or even better, but sometimes. Uh, if he has better, we're drawing dead, but... You know, yeah, so actually, life. yeah, we don't mind getting blown off. That's a good point. Um, so, but the value in raising is that he is going to fold a fair amount of his hands here, I got to think, right? Because sometimes he has nothing, and he's just going to give up. He's going to bet 2,000 and fold and be like, I don't know what's going on, like, whatever. Like, it's a tiny pot. Um, he doesn't have that many trip nines, even though he has trip nines, right? Yeah. That's the value of it. Uh, but he's a really good player, and he might make plays back at us sometimes. I don't know why we need to open it up. It's 2000. We're in position. It's super cheap. We can make a play later if we want to make a play later anyway. I like calling. All right. But that's all from a practical perspective. Yes. And we're talking about two guys who are trying to achieve hyper balance. Right. So like Greenwood is a guy that I imagine he has probably every line in the book for every board pretty much. Probably. So on this board, he's going to have some check back the flop, raise the turn lines. Yes. What types of hands should he do that with, and should a non-showdownable flush draw be part of that line? Okay, that's a really good question. Um, okay, well, let's start with the value. Like, okay. what, what strong value should we be doing it with? Pocket deuces makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's the easy one. That's the obvious one. Um, maybe pocket threes once in a while. You'd expect he'd bet pocket threes on the flop a lot, although maybe he's just checking this board a huge amount of the time. Maybe any nine that doesn't have a diamond with it. Oh, that's kind of cool. So that way, he Linus still has flush draws yeah. and can call. Yeah, is your point, or make a play back at us, and we're not going right. to fold. Like we have king nine or yeah. nine or even queen nine, we could raise yeah. and be like, "Hope this works out. Hope yeah. you don't have me." But usually, you don't. They'll probably just call if we have a diamond because it's more likely Linus is bluffing. Um, well, without, without equity, right? Exactly, bluffing with a hand that's going to fold. Yeah, right. um, that's kind of cool. Um, okay, so if we're doing that, then we need to have some other hands we're raising as well. Like you're saying, we probably want to have. Are some of our worst hands so like maybe straight draws are good? Like if we somehow have four, four five, five of yeah. something, I guess we're on the button. Maybe we can have all the four fives. Yeah. But if not, we certainly have four five of the four suits. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess diamonds is a monster hand, but the other three are a clear bluff, right? Yeah. You could also raise your combo draw on the turn. Maybe maybe raise all of them actually. Uh, that seems pretty good. There's other combo draws that have just shown up here, right? If we if we checked back the nut flush draw with yeah. a wheel card. We could now uh, raise four six. Yeah, our combo draws yeah. basically. You know, there's some combo draws that we can uh, we can raise here, but those were also draws we decided to check back. But we might like to call with those the nut flush draw ones because they have showdown value. That's a really good point. So maybe it's just four six and then the four fives actually. So then we want to include a couple more diamond draws probably. Yeah, um, the obvious ones are just the other bad diamond draws, right? The other worst diamond draws. So like. Uh, you know, we got eight highs, we got seven highs, we have six highs. I guess we already did the six high ones. Um, six five, whatever. But there's six five is actually a combo draw too, isn't it? Yeah. So um, so like, but like eight six, eight five, eight four. Those seem like very reasonable mm-hmm. ones we could decide to raise with here if we didn't bet the flop. Yeah. 
stepping a little deeper into theory land. Cool. Should Sam Greenwood also include some depolarized hands in that raising range just because he wants his Linus level opponents to be confused? Like, should he have like King three suited here and be like, this is a depolarized raise here and like this sort of for value and sort of protection at the same time? The main problem I have with a hand that depolarized, uh, meaning like, and when we say depolarized, we mean like middling value yeah. as opposed to strong value or weak value, uh, is that we could raise now. But when we get called, we can't really go for value, any extra value on the river. and we. But at the same point, a three is a very vulnerable hand, and Linus could have any two cards in his hand. Yeah. And we get to charge all of those, and a fold is not a bad outcome if he has something like Jack-10. It's not untrue, but Jack-10 might very well bet the river anyway because it looks like we have ace high yeah. and be trying to bluff us. And I think my guess is we get more chips from him bluffing the river than him calling the turn if we raise. Well, we're not expecting guess. him to call the turn with Jack. Okay. It's protection. Oh, of course. Of yeah, course. Like that's Jack one. That's one. No, no, no. I'm talking about overall. Okay. Overall, though. Like hands that he can, hands that are worse than ours that he can call with, call a raise with on the turn. I, I imagine we make less money than, than when, we ch- when we just call and then he bets the river and we mm-hmm. call and we win. It's my guess. Um, I think when you were saying depolarized, I was thinking a stronger. I was, I was depolarizing less than that. So I, in my mind, I was thinking um, like two tens or something like that is an interesting hand to do it with uh, where I can at least come up with hands he can call with on the turn. You can do that then, with King three. Well, we have King three. Yeah. You can do that with King three. I'm saying you but can come up with hands that you can call with on the turn. You can come up with them, but there's less of them, right? Are there like, yep. like what pocket fours, pocket fives, pocket six. Okay. But those are sevens, less likely because you didn't three bet preflop. Yeah. But it's early in a tournament. He may yeah. not be doing that that much, but he's going to do some of that. Yeah. But I think he's not doing it that much. Honestly, like, how do you know? I don't. I don't. But um, like a lot of times, these guys, I mean, he's heads up already. He's got a pocket pair. He's playing out of position against a great player. They're very deep. It's very reasonable to call with all those hands. He might sometimes three bet them too, of course. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but those are all hands he can call with for sure. Besides that, you're probably right. Like King three plays pretty similarly besides that. Um, Except that it needs to protect more than two tens do. So maybe it's even better. It does need to protect more. It's true. It's true. The thing is, if we get called with our two tens, we can bet the river. We can't really do that with king three. Can we bet the river with two tens? I think so. Can't and we? you're only still talking about the pocket pairs then, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the meaning what we're going to get called by. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Also, like he could have like a flush draw and river a pair that's above a three and below a nine and get oh, called. Oh, I guess we're just giving out miracles. I guess we're it's just giving crazy. out miracles left and right. Oh, he got flush right That's a repair. totally reasonable thing. He can have seven, eight of diamonds. You're seven trashes. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> he can have seven, eight of diamonds, call the raise, river a seven, check, and decide to call because we're polarized. And we turn over two tens, we're not so polarized. And it's like, rats. Like, I don't Obviously, it's not going to happen a huge amount, but I think we, we have more of an ability to get value on the river after our raise gets called with an overpair than we do with King 3. So that's my other thought about it. All fine. These are all super thin yeah, spots, I know. obviously. And that was all just theory land anyway because, you know, we're not in that spot, obviously. Green obviously. Got the jacketed diamonds and Linus is about 2K with a pair of deuces with the all six deuce of clubs. Yeah. Greenwood decides to call. I mean, I think that's the best play. What do you think? Ultimately, I think raising and calling are probably equally good. Mm-hmm. I don't have any problem with raising here. I think calling is fine too. I don't expect to win with Jack high too often. 
like maybe sometimes we make a hero call with Jack High on the River, but I think we're more likely to raise as a bluff than to hero call with Jack High on the River. I agree. If we don't improve. I like honestly, I like that raise better than this raise because it's a weird line to check flop raise turn. It's yeah, just but as I said, Greenwood's probably got all the lines in his book. Yeah, you're right. You know, you're so right. he's gonna have he's gonna have to pick some hands for that. Yeah, that's what we're, that's really fair. Yeah. Anyway, he does call. And what you should call is a doctor because you're going to be amazed at all of the wonderful things on nitrogen sports. Yeah. So amazed that you might die, which is why you should call a doctor. I hope you have like a doctor already instead of, you know, having to call a clinic. You have to wait and stuff. It sucks. Like well, you, you hopefully you have like a guy you go to for physical. Of course I do. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So before you click. Dr. The nitrogen. <laughs> the yeah. nitrogen sports doctor. Tell me more about him. Doctor, doctor, no, give I didn't, me the I didn't news. Ask for, I didn't Nitrogen's ask for got a case of loving you. Copyright issues? Yep. <laughs> we changed it. We, it's, it's satire. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's less than 10 seconds. We're clean. Um, Nitrogen Sports Poker is our sponsor, and we want to tell you a little bit about them because they are awesome. They truly are. If you have a hankering for playing online poker... You do. Or sports betting... You, will, you hanker. Yep. Or casino games. You hanker for that as well, you hankerers. This is the place to go. And it ain't just because they pay us, although it does help. But the reason why... <laughs> yeah, I like that I mean, part. You know, but the reason why... We, we've been... Uh, they've been sponsoring the, the show now for a solid two and a half years. And uh, people don't complain about them. We have like lots of people who've gone there. We've certainly... I've sports been on there. I've uh, played poker on right. there. Any, any complaints we've ever received Never. have been administrative stuff or like things that are easy to fix that usually it's user error and, and nitrogen fixes it immediately. If there, if there is something... Yeah. That, yeah someone, someone says, oh, can you make it this way instead? Yeah. And we like email them and then they do. Yeah. Like, there's just no problems. Because, why is that? Because one, they're super solid. Yeah. They're actually a really big book, really big sports book. I mean, they have... The poker's more for them sort of on the side. It's like so, a prestige thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's actually great. Yeah. Um, there's... There's a lot of no limit going on there. We have our poker guys tournament that happens at the end of every month as well. That's a thousand buy-in guarantee. Yes. Oh my God. That sounded crazy, but there literally is a thousand buy-ins. They stick in the middle there. We've never had more than like 120 ish players. That means the overlay is amazing, baby. Too much singing on this podcast. now. <laughs> too much. I was going to sing the river too. And now I feel really? like it's been like this too much. Oh. I, I just, I want to get better. So I wanted to improve. So that's I'm nice. still going to sing the river, but yeah, keep you, going. you're going to need to do that. Um, so yeah, so the so it's just unbelievable worth doing, and of course it's a Bitcoin only casino, which is actually awesome because unlike all those damn other places, you get your money out super super fast. Ninety minutes, it's industry leading. Other places take days or longer. Nitrogen just gives you your money as soon as you want it every time. It's been years of them doing this. They are rock solid. You got to get there. They're made of minerals. Yeah. So use the link in the description of this podcast to sign up. That way you get access to the Poker Guys tournament, other stuff in the future. It's just it's just like a no brainer. You know what I really appreciate? Hmm. You actually did the amount of the ad that I usually do. Yeah. It felt good to I not, took it on. not do as much. I was Hercules. I was Sisyphus. How did it feel? You were Sisyphus. Sisyphus and Hercules are very different. Yeah, I was wrong. Sisyphus is it makes not, sense. More, this is more Sisyphus than Hercules, right? Well, no, because we it. do progress. We do make money from doing it. Sisyphus gets nothing. Sisyphus gets the satisfaction of almost rolling that stone up the hill every time. And every time he thinks he's going to do it, maybe. I guess there's a brief moment of happiness. Yeah. And besides, it's more than just... That's not the only satisfaction I get from shilling nitrogen to people, man. 
I'm glad people have a place to go where like, honestly to reliably sports bet and like not get screwed by the operator is pretty great. Yeah. And like they are legit that even way. to reliably play poker. Yes. You know, like we've been screwed by lock poker in the past full tilt, by the way. Hello. Lock poker is still 18,000 of my dollars. Yeah, man. I know. They sold like 3000 of mine. Um, I was me and another friend were a friend of the podcast. Matt matrix were screwed out of like 20 K. Um, I think by W sex W sex. Yeah. That was the name of it. W S E X. Um, weird. I'm pretty sure that was the one. I don't remember. We were betting on a lot of different things back in the day, Why but is it like called sex, it stood for something. I don't remember what something exchange, like okay. world, something exchange. Uh, anyway, yeah, it sucked. It happened multiple times, blah, blah, blah. These guys are not like that. They're legit. Check them out. Moving on. Well done. All right. So here comes the river. I'm going to sing it. I want you and yeah. the audience. I want everybody to imagine, not just a person singing into a microphone. I want to imagine for okay. a second, take a moment. You're, you're at a play and a character is coming out and he's, he's, he's singing it to you. It's like a musical. How is he dressed? Like a, like a paper boy. What's, what's, <laughs> what's the context of the play? Like what's, what's happening right now? Is it the beginning or is it the middle or what's going on? There's been an oil spill. Uh, yeah. in, it's very near this Kansas town yeah. that this paper boy lives in. Everybody knows there's nothing they can do to stop it from seeping into the water and Ooh. causing massive problems for basically everyone involved. They're going to have to get water shipped in. This guy is a paper boy. It's his job to inform everybody how to treat their faucets and everything yeah. to make sure they don't get sick, they don't die from, from this oil spill. His job, so he's got a very his, important job. His job is to pass out the newspaper that would do that. He's, well, well, no, but I, he's I mean, now an expert Obviously, obviously <laughs> his job is simply to pass out the newspaper, okay. but, but as, as a person of a certain moral fortitude, he feels that he feels not only compelled to do that, but to make sure that everybody gets the paper yeah. and reads it because okay. like he cares that the people are okay. He, he sees it as kind of his responsibility. You this, is, this is actually the great actors understand the backstory and the motivation yeah. of their characters. And so also two and a half years ago, his cat died. So, <laughs> and that's still, it still, still hurts a little, a little bit. bit. Like, okay. yeah, the cat's little, name was Sparta and died of cancer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go. All right. So we're at the play and this is, yeah, here yeah. comes the river paper boy. It's the aid of hearts. It's the aid of hearts. It's the aid of hearts. <laughs> wow, I I worry for people who yeah. have earbuds on that aid that last. Yeah, so I'm bit, sorry, but that was pretty incredible. I wish I didn't do that so loud. My bad. It's done now, and it. Sorry, guys. Um, but that was amazing. Thanks. So you were doing Bob Fosse at the beginning, whether you know it or not. Yeah. And then uh, you were doing something else at the end, but yeah. it was great. Um, that is a solid five and a half out of seven trashes. Nice job. You're really moving in the right direction. Now the bucket is almost too small for your head. It gets stuck just as you put it in, and it's more a hat than anything else. Like you can't get your head all the way in. And so while you have to walk around with this sort of bucket of compost that's fallen on your face and head and clothes and body for the rest of your life because you're not allowed to shower in this world, still you, you live. It's pretty good. People can see you. You get to eat other foods. They are spoiled by the smell, of course, but still there's, there's possibility. There's hope. It's good. Nice job. I just made a note to try to remember when editing the podcast to lower the volume when I do that oh, part. Great. So hopefully, hopefully I don't break any eardrums because I'll be lower, lower the volume. Yeah. I just felt like it was necessary to share my art. No, it was, it was pretty great. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Let's continue. It's the eight of hearts. That's the river. Okay. So Sam Greenwood takes the lead. Yep. 
uh, you know, you're just saying how impossible it was to have, call with a flush draw and then, you know, hit hit a pair on the river. That was about flush. if Greenwood had tens raised and Linus had a flush draw what if ja- and what hit if, a lower pair. What if ja- what, what, if Linus, not- what if Linus had the jacketed diamonds exactly it's Greenwood's hand? Then it would go just this way. Oh my god, this is impossible. <laughs> but I'm right. No. All right. So, eight of hearts. Okay. Greenwood makes a pair of eights. Yeah. His hand now has a lot more value than it once did. That's oh, yeah. for sure. Like, we like our hand as Greenwood. Yeah. Like, we think we're winning a lot. Obviously, Abs- not all the time, but most of the time. Absolutely. So, as Linus, there's 11,500 in the pot. You have six deuce. So, the, the board is 993 deuce eight. Yeah. We've bet the turn. We've been called. What should we do now? It's a really weird spot, right? Because we can bet and try and get called by an ace. If we check, we think most of the hands that called us that are worse than ours are just going to check back. Like, like ace highs? Yeah. Are they really going to bluff now? Like they called thinking they were good on the turn, right? And it looks like we're giving up and then they're going to check and see if they win, right? They're going to... It'd be weird for them to call the turn thinking they're ahead I gotta and then feel like they have to bluff the I got to disagree based on what Greenwich shows up with here. What do you mean? What does he show up with? A flesh draw. Yeah. It's not the ace high flesh draw, right? Right. What do you think happens if the six of hearts comes instead of the eight of hearts? We're talking about really different things, though. I'm You're talking about, the, about I'm Greenwood. Talking, I'm talking about what, what, what's Greenwood going to do with the ace highs is what I'm talking about. Like I'm saying, any hand that called thinking it was ahead on the turn. Thinking it was ahead. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like, part I wasn't clear on. Yeah, I, yeah, just, like, I thought you just meant any hand that called in the turn. I'm discounting the draws first. Okay. Though the, the non-showdown will All right. I'm saying if, if Greenwood had ace-queen, check the flop, called the turn, he's not going to bet the river because he's like, if he bets the river, that means he thinks he's not good or he's trying to get extremely thin value. Mostly, yeah. mostly it's that he thinks he's not good. But if he thinks he's not good, why'd he call the turn, right? Yeah. So like, so there's cognitive dissonance there. The only place where it comes in is what you're talking about, which is if he had a draw, which can be five high, six high, um, or diamonds, really. queen high, even yeah, but diamonds, right, right, yeah. diamonds or like a straight draw. Yeah. Um, that's the only place where he can where there would be bluffs. So there are some for sure, but when we bet the turn, we weren't really betting to charge the draws. We don't think there's that many of them really. Yeah. Right. We're mostly betting to get called by ace high and protect. Right. So I'm afraid if we check the hand that we were we were trying to get called by on the turn and got and we know we got called, so it's somewhere in there, is all like the ace high type hands. That's gonna check back. So it's reasonable to try and get value, a little bit of value from it, right? Yeah. But we do, of course, as you're saying or implying, we're giving up all the potential bluffs. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're gonna bet and lose, because sometimes Sam has two fives, two sixes, two sevens. Sometimes he has a hand like he has where he just calls and wins. Right. Sometimes we're gonna check and he's gonna check back and beat us, and we're gonna be really glad we didn't bet because we know we're always getting called, right? It's really thin either way, I think. Yeah. It's really, really thin. It's not crazy to bet small trying to get called by ace high, looking like we missed our draw, or looking like we're just taking a shot to blow him off it. We can't bet too small though. That's well, the thing. Is it too small when Linus does bet and it's 2,500 into 11.5? It feels a little too obvious. It does, but this kid's supposed to be like a solver kid, right? So he's yep. probably really balanced with the sizing. Yeah. So he probably has some trip nines with the sizing and stuff like Maybe. that. Or, um, or non-showed animal hands also. Yeah. So he's like, cool. Sometimes you're going to call with ace high and lose. Sometimes you're going to call and win. Sometimes like, you can do whatever you want. And I've got a monster. Yeah. He's got to have some of that, some of the sizing for, for that sizing with all those things, right? Then yep. it's okay. Yeah. Okay. But I guess like so tiny from a practical perspective, mostly this looks like an attempt to get called by his high. It really feels like it, right? I mean, what else could it really be? Yeah. Like he's definitely thinks any better hand is going to call for two and a half K. Yeah. And maybe he can get called by King high also if ace high is calling, by the way. 
Maybe, yeah, because that, that's it doesn't, it doesn't play that differently from Greenwood's perspective. Yeah. So maybe he thinks he actually has more call. There's more calls in there. Maybe. All right. So Greenwood now. You rivered the eight, and yeah. you were probably thinking, if this kid bets again, I'm going to call. Yeah. And then the kid bet 2,500. Yeah. Should you consider raising, or should it just be a call anyway? Okay, we should absolutely consider raising as Greenwood. To I get think. called by? To get called by deuces and threes and the pocket pairs below yeah. uh, eight. And also, by the way, if somehow Linus has an eight, River and eight is now betting for value. We have better than we some have, of those eights. We, we beat a lot of the eights, yeah. right. Um we don't want to raise too much because we don't want to blow them off stuff. And we, we want to get called by this very weak range. This is the problem, of course, with raising. The really big problem is he's, we're, we're only targeting a weak range. It's being about depolarizing. We were talking about that earlier yeah. on the turn. This, if Greenwood raises here, this is extremely depolarizing, this raise, like to put an eight in there. Yeah. Like, because you would expect it would be like a slow played full house or ace nine or miss diamonds that are turning into a bluff instead of a medium strength hand. Um, yeah, I mean, it does look like he's trying to get called. Sorry, I agree completely. I agree completely. Okay. I was going in a different direction, but let me not do that. And I just agree. I think you're right. Okay. That's what it looks like. So it's a really weird spot. The other problem, of course, with raising with this eight is we open up the action. Yes. Right. Which usually isn't going to be a problem against that, against most people. But a guy like Linus Love, who is like, got all the moves, like truly all of them or nearly all of them is going to have more bluffs on the river, meaning like three bet bluffs on the river than almost any, almost any of the other non really good players. Like the really, really, really great players have a few, like we raise and we actually get blown off by a worse hand, which is of course a complete, not going to happen much, but a complete disaster when it does. Yeah. Um, when we can just call in, like just take our equity and find out if we win or not. Mm-hmm. So, that's a small consideration, but that should be in it at least. Like, boy, you know what would really suck? If Linus Love, like, decides to take a straight draw and blow me off this hand once I raise. Like, that would really suck. Now, Linus yeah, Love doesn't have a straight I mean, draw. that's basically at the heart. That, that's the problem at the heart of all thin value plays. Right. Yeah. And the question is, how reliable is the guy who's going to yeah. be doing this? And I guess we can go a few different ways, right? We can think the guy's very reliable. It's very predictable. When they three bet me, when they re-raise, they always have it or nearly always have it. I can... Fold out thinking about it. That's one. Then there's the guys who are like um, super bluffy and actually we're raising almost with the intention of calling because we're inducing, right? There's very few guys like that and on the river. Yeah. You're gonna, there's a few, but there's very, very few. But then there's the guys who are really good and are going to be somewhere in the middle and you don't even know what the opt, like where they're, if they're like a little too bluffy or a little too valuey or somewhere in the middle and it's just, you're, ap- you're often going to make the wrong decision here if you put yourself in the spot and then they put you back in the spot, you know? Um, someone who's actually balanced or close to it. And that's what your Linus love is. One of those guys who would be in that third category, which makes so, so that just makes it like something that we have to think about too, as we're thinking about, should we raise? I think maybe we just decide like, well, if we get three, we just fold. This is like part of the folding range. Yeah. That's that. Right. Yeah. And and the bets have been so small. The Greenwood might feel like he needs to get more value for his hand. It's understandable from that point of view. And there are certain, there's a lot of guys where you can raise and get value here. Right. Yep. But there's, a, but there's more guys who you can raise and get no value. Tony G, for example, who we did in, in last week's podcast, I think would get like just pissed off if you raised him and call with a three or a deuce. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. He might. Um, he certainly called with a with top pair last yeah. week when he got raised for a lot more money, although this is a tournament, but still a lot more implied money. Uh, it's a tough spot. I think my inclination would be just to call because my hand's a little too weak to raise. If I had an overpair, I would raise. 
I think I would just feel obligated to raise. Fair enough. If I had ace eight, I might raise. I feel like that's maybe the bottom of it. Or if maybe if I had like a big diamond in my hand, so I could like, if I had like the ace of diamonds with something, maybe it's, no, it's still ace eight though. I well, feel like I'm just, I just would be really concerned about getting reasonable value. Like what's calling, what's continuing against my raise is of course the question. Well, it's a really fishy line. So maybe he expects to get called by deuces and threes. Because Greenwood does raise. The yes. listeners aren't stupid. You listeners are not stupid. You, Why do you knew that we talked about all this. Yeah, yeah. you knew you knew it was going to happen. It of wouldn't course, be that interesting a hand. It's though, not a very good hand if Greenwood doesn't yeah. raise, right? Of course, Greenwood raises. All right, so he makes it what eleven? Eleven, even yeah. Okay, eleven. Eleven five was the initial bet or initial pot line. It's bet twenty five hundred. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, I think it's possible that you could get called by a deuce or a three because like your line is crazy fishy. Your line is pretty weird. It's true. Like, what are you saying you have? You're saying you have threes full, a uh, little bit of ace nine, maybe a little bit of king nine. Uh-huh. I think any nine, really, you could have when the bets are this small. Yeah. So you can have like nine, seven or whatever. Yeah. Really, maybe even nine, six, nine, five suited, stuff like that. I think you can have them when he bets two and a half K. Mm-hmm. So that's reason. So any nine, um, all of, any nine plus for sure. What are we saying we have other hands besides trip nines and better? Are we saying when we bet, when we make it 11, that we have, let's say, all the overpairs to the nine? I don't know. I mean, the sizing makes it feel like maybe. Maybe. But we actually do have an eight, which is like a half a pip down from that. Yep. Weird. Weird. I mean, Sam is totally going for the, okay, your turn to hero, buddy. Well, Time for you to hero. It's not Linus's turn to hero. It's Linus's turn to three bet. Wow. So shit gets real. Let's talk about this. I'll tell you what, what he does, okay. and then we can decide how we feel about it. Okay. So Greenwood has made it 11K. Linus, again, he has six deuce of clubs. 993 nine, was the flop. Eight on the river, giving Greenwood a pair of eights. The turn was the deuce, giving Linus a pair of deuces. Mm-hmm. Of course, the turn came before the river, unlike the way I said it. But smart. Linus now thinks his hand isn't good enough, I guess, to call. So we three bets to 48K, which yeah. is large. Yes. It's a large three bet. It is. All right. So he's thinking Greenwood was just going to call with ace high probably, right? So we're eliminating right. ace high, so we're not going to call to try to beat ace high. Maybe he's not thinking that. Maybe he's thinking, oh, maybe Greenwood like took it a level past that, saw I was trying to get value out of yeah. ace high, and decided to blow me off my super light. Okay, value. so maybe there's a little bit of that. I think we kind of need that to even consider three betting. Well, why would we three bet we can beat ace high? Good freaking point. Damn it. So do we need it? I guess we don't need that at all. Okay. Okay, moving on. <laughs> all right, moving on. Um, obviously, like, if Greenwood has ace high or a flush draw, that's a just-in-case part of it. That's not, like, a, an intentional part of it. That's, like, a just-in-case he has something better than that, I might as well try to get him to fold the better-than-that right, things, too. Right, You know, because the line is fishy, so he's supposed to have ace high or flush draw. Right. Turns out Greenwood has an eight. So, Okay. When line is three bus to 48K, there's the two questions that we always ask in spots like this. What is he repping and what is he trying to get to fold? Okay. So he's now repping super strong, right? He's repping minimum ace nine or yeah. is he even better than that minimum? I think he can still have ace nine. Okay. Here. But not king nine probably. I don't think he can have king nine. Um, I think it's ace nine or full houses. Okay. That seems like it. To yeah. Me, right. Like Sam, Sam can really have ace nine, right? Sam can really have full houses, 
we're also worried about what's going to call if we have, you know, that's why we can't just raise 10 nine here. Yeah. Like, cool, we have trip nines, but remember we just said Sam was going to raise all his trip nines? Yeah. So we got to be able to beat most of those to be able to consider Yeah, ace this. nine feels like the only safe one. Yeah. Even then, like... Even though it's not, is that, that's not super safe. I mean, so. nothing's super safe, right? Like, unless we're, you have quads. We're folding to a four bet if we have ace nine. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can't have quads, I guess, if we have ace nine, but we are What, what hands are we calling a four bet with? Like, what's the worst hand we call a four bet with is Linus if, if Sam makes it 112K? Oh boy! Are we calling uh, with deuces full? I feel I'm like trying to decide that. That's, I, I feel like we shouldn't. There's deuces full. There's threes full. There's eights full, and there's nines full. Yeah, right. We're calling with nines full. Damn it! I know that much. So we're calling with even nine deuce. The I worst. Think, the I think worst we, nines. Full. I think we should because okay. Sam might be able to have eight eight maybe. Yeah, maybe. And think like, oh well, you have trip nines. You have ace nine here, and I gotta get value. You could have deuces threes and ace nine. And yes, you have nines full yeah. a little bit, but whatever. Okay. That, seems, that seems reasonable. Okay. Uh, not 100%, actually, but reasonable. Deuces full feels like a ugh, terrible spot to be in. If deuces full feels bad, you know what else feels bad? Threes full? Yeah. I mean, they, they don't play exactly the same. They play pretty similarly. Eights full feels a lot better for a lot of reasons. Uh, one, we block Greenwood's most likely nines full exactly. with nine eight. Exactly. Yeah. That feels like a really big deal. For either guy to have pocket eights makes them feel way better because nine three and nine deuce, especially from Greenwood's point of view, almost, Greenwood almost never has nine three and nine deuce, right? All right, but let's take a step back because we're getting into weird theory land. Okay. The four bet is not something that's happened yet. Um, may happen. Who knows? We haven't said. We haven't said. We haven't said. So Linus is three bet to 48K. So back to what, what he's repping. He's definitely repping deuces full. We're not sure yeah. about ace nine. We think probably ace nine. I, I would include ace nine. Okay. It's still, I mean, Sam's still only about 11,000. We're right. still deep. I so think what is he trying to get Greenwood to fold is the next question. Right. Well, I guess he, maybe he thinks he's a bit depolarized, has some of those over pairs, trying to get him to fold those. Yeah. Trying to get him to fold worse nines. Maybe a really bad nine. Would you, would you expect Greenwood to ever fold a, a nine with no kicker? Like nine, five, nine, six? <sighs> The problem with that is Linus has some full houses that are like set full houses, like deuces and yeah. threes and eights even. Um, but Sam blocks a lot of the most likely full houses when he has a nine in his hand. Yeah. But he still might fold the very, very worst nines. Like that's, that's a consideration, I think. So what Sam has to ask himself is, how many hands am I raising here? How many hands do I make it 11K with? If he's making 11K with hands like Jacket, he probably has to call with all his nines. That's true. Um, I don't know if Linus knows that he's making an 11 here. I don't like think Jack he eight. does. It's tough to know that. Yeah, I think he's targeting like jacks. Yeah. Shit like that, you know? Um, it seems unlikely that Linus is saying, well, you have 9-5 and you have to fold. Like, that sounds crazy. Like, you're not trying to get Sam to fold trip nines because he's not always going to do it. And as we're saying, if he's got Jack eight, he's probably folding none of his trip nines. Yeah. Or almost none of them if, if, not, if he's not calling with all of them. Uh, by the way, I just want to say we said we mentioned deuces full. That means that Linus is is repping like ace nine plus, like all of the hands, right? Like up to quad nines, right? Of yeah. course, of course. Um, so, wh- where are we here? What are we trying to figure out? <laughs> We're trying to figure out what we can get Greenwood to fold, right? And one thing that's nice is, as played from a more traditional perspective, although I don't think we need to assign that, but let's just say it for a second. Linus does block Greenwood's most likely full house, probably. Deuces full is mm-hmm. is and deuces full and eights full are his two most likely full houses probably right yeah so at least we blocked that as Linus so that's a good time to go for it 
Um, yeah, that is good. When you, that part, well, we block as lions. We block deuces full. Yes, right. That's but, what I said. But we don't block eights full. No, I, I was saying those are his two most likely. Oh, two most likely. Okay, I thought we, you were saying he blocks block, the two we, most likely. We do block deuces full. Yeah. Of course we do. Yeah. I think I think that's a big part of why Linus feels a little bit emboldened here. Yeah. He at least blocks one. He blocks three combos, but that's all he's blocking. It's not that good. He blocks a little bit of six, eight. I mean, okay. You mean six, nine, six, nine, even yeah. less so than like, you know, six, nine suited. I guess he blocks maybe a combo of. I mean, it's not it's not great. It's not exciting. I don't think I don't think there's a whole lot of value here. in like I'm blocking. Like if we had a nine, we're blocking. You think it's blocking. just the the Linus thinks he induced with his weird sizing and got green with the depolarized too frequently? Uh, that's got to be what it is. That would that would make some that's sense. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. So yeah, I mean, ultimately, I guess that's the best we can do here is to say that Linus figured that his sizing led Greenwood to depolarize with too high of a frequency. Yes, and therefore it's a necessary bluff from an expected value standpoint. Right, like the. I like how you said that too high a frequency. So some of them are bluffs. Some of them are beating us. We yeah. don't really know. But what I guess Linus Love does know is that when he calls, he loses too often compared to when he three bets. He gets almost all of, because it's such a high frequency of, of 11K yeah. raises by Sam, he gets such a high percentage of that to fold that that's how you make the money. Like yeah. that's, that's the real way to make the money. And it, I mean, what's Sam supposed to do now? I mean, you have Jack Gate. You're supposed to fold. That's, Hell yeah, That's what he does. Exactly. You're he supposed folds. to fold. Greenwood folds, and it's a very interestingly played hand by both players on the river there. Absolutely. Anyway, Stephen Tixay, how'd you like that, you little piece of crap? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Analyze the shit out of that. Yeah, we did. No songs for you, Stephen.